Welcome to Between the Ears, the podcast that believes it's all in your head. This is episode nine. You're about to hear an unscripted conversation about when things go from good to bad. Specifically, we're talking about good personal characteristics that can become a problem. Does positive thinking, ambition sound good to you? Confidence, being organized, being healthy, and being smart with money? Of course they sound good, but sometimes they can go just too far. I'm Stack, and here is Z Stuff with the start of our show. The most beautiful thing is confidence and loving yourself. That's the most beautiful thing in the world? Yes, it is. Well, to me, I think when it comes down to yourself, you have to be confident in order to make it through life. Yes, confidence is essential to stand up and take charge of your own life. And you do have to love yourself to be able to do it, uh, whether it's in a relationship or work. And what we're talking about today is when some a, a trait like this, confidence, which sounds so good to all of us, and I don't think anyone would disagree with what Z stuff said, when it goes wrong somehow, and other people can recognize it. And you're probably going to be the last to recognize the problem if you do it all, if right. Z stuff's confidence went a little too far. So if confidence gets out of control, you become conceited or you, you become cocky. I think of arrogant as well. Yes. And I can tell you personally, I've heard all those words in my life. Have you? And many of them were probably right in my 20s in particular. I'm thinking early 20s when I ran around the world, um, not worried about what was going to happen in the future, thinking I would live forever. And they probably were right. But I was just really confident. And that's what I always told myself. I was just really confident. So at some point, confidence can become all these things we just mentioned. Right. And how does one know when they reach that point? For me, since I've owned up to being accused of, of such flaws in my own character, and having thought about it, of course, enough people say something to you, you have to uh, possibly make an adjustment. And I do believe in life I have, just to set the record straight here. I'm getting a smile in the studio that perhaps I still have work to do. I'm not <laughs> sure what she's trying to communicate <laughs> now. I'll have to talk to her after this if it doesn't come up. Uh, so when, you, when confidence goes too far... It's when you stop thinking of other people, when it becomes all about yourself. The confidence makes you get all wrapped up in yourself. And when you get overconfident, you think everything, every thought you have is flawless, is correct. And there's no counterpoint there. You're never wrong. And of course you're wrong. We're all wrong. You get a false sense of security that you have the Midas touch that everything turns to gold. And so you stop thinking about other people and you can't listen to anyone else's perspective. I like this topic. What, why do you like the topic? I, I mean? feel like it's like, you know, the confessions of stack. <laughs> oh, I, I this, hope this is great. I hope as we go through them, I don't find that uh, I've gone through a painful <laughs> metamorphosis. I think we've all probably had moments, maybe short cycles. I don't know if we've all had years, but yeah, I can tell you my early twenties. I was, I was cocky. I was, I was confident bordering on on cocky, but I really did think in my head I was confident, but I didn't know enough about the world to realize I was being more conceited or cocky. Yeah, I think I was, when I was like in my teens, because you know, you're a lot thinner there and you have like everybody go on talking to you and you're like, the cat's meow at the time. And then all of a sudden kind of like life hits you and you're like, oh shit. That's exactly right. Life didn't hit me at all. I got everything I ever wanted through charm, looks, whatever. And this is natural, right? God sets you up this way because you're trying to attract a mate. You're like at your peak 
physical appearance, even though your brain is not fully developed, the frontal lobe of your brain doesn't develop forever, especially for males. But outwardly, you're looking as good as you're ever going to look, right? Like young people should look good. You're trying to get a mate. You know, apes get mates, right? Apes get mates? Yeah. What does that mean? They're, they're ugly and they get they still get people. So I don't know. I kind of don't know where you were going with that one. But we're not, we're not apes. I don't no, know what an attractive ape versus an ugly ape looks like. I'm sure there are certain qualities where they reject certain apes. I'm saying you never know. That was weird. We, we went in the direction of apes. We're I'm descended sorry, from apes, I, right? Hey. Don't we share 97% of the DNA with the chimpanzee? We actually do from what I've read. Those are those factoids you told me not to share in our prior episode. So confidence turning into cocky. Mm-hmm. Do we see a lot of cocky people that are older? Or is this only a a thing that afflicts the young, the cockiness? Does everybody work out of it? I'm trying to think of people that have grown older. I'm not even talking that old, 30s, 40s, 50s, that are cocky. I can't really come up with them. I think there's some people in their 30s and 40s and 50s that are still like that. People like- are bragging a lot. Ties into our elitism of the uh, the last episode. Right. So bragging is a form of being cocky, tied into their accomplishments. But the cockiness changes. I don't think it's like an aura of cockiness they have, like based on their looks or something. It probably becomes more materialistic. Look at my stuff. There's certain people I've always met that want to show me their new car or talk about their new house or their new girlfriend or whatever it is they're they're treating as material objects. So maybe just the nature of it changes. But cockiness feels different. I'm probably just projecting my own youthful cockiness of my early 20s onto the world. I don't know. For me, it was looks. Like my looks are everything. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. When you're young, looks, looks, and physical appearance. Because what else do you have when you're really young? You don't have a lot else. You don't have life experience. You're probably not that terribly brilliant. Although there's plenty of exceptions, you really just have looks, and that's all it is. It's the superficial stuff. Looks and personality. Yeah. So cockiness is being superficial at any age. If I'm bragging about my boat, my house, my car, whatever it is. That's superficial. If you're doing it when you're young, based on physical appearance, it's superficial. So confidence, that becomes superficial. I think it's also, though, as you get older, I think it's like you have no consequences. I think some people still in their like 30s, 40s, and 50s, I think when they're that cocky, they have no consequence for any of their actions. Yeah. Well, we see that with celebrities, right? right. Doing all sorts of nonsense that are usually only the mistakes of youth. Yes. So that's a perfect example of people being cocky older than no consequences. So confidence that becomes cockiness is superficial and it comes from not feeling the consequence. Well, it's, it's obviously you're being ignorant. You're not aware of, or not even caring about people's perception of what you're saying or doing. So there's a level of ignorance. Confidence gone too far becomes ignorance too. That's true. Yeah. I like that. I didn't think about it like that, but now that we're talking it out. Yeah. Let me throw out another related trait that can go too far. Ambition. Ambition sounds good, right? That's a quality you'd want in someone you're working with. Right. You have a goal. You'd want your children to be ambitious. You'd say, oh, that that's my sister, my brother. They're ambitious. My parents are ambitious. Mm-hmm. That all sounds good. But then ambition goes too far and it becomes avarice, which goes to the motivations of ambition. You are overly ambitious. I'm starting with my definition. Overly ambitious, trampling over other people. And it's because you're chasing the brass ring, as they say, status, money. It's usually money, let's be honest. In this developed world of America, it's usually money. But ambition gone too far for the wrong motivations. Where I think 
pure ambition, if there is such a thing, it can be a good thing. You're just ambitious to find a cure for cancer. That's beautiful. That's good. That's you're motivated. Nice. Yeah. That that. But then when the motivations change, it becomes avarice. You're, you're chasing some sort of money. What do you think about that? I agree. I think it, it goes down to being selfish when you're chasing it. You're chasing the paper. And that's what happened. The money. It's the root of all evil. I said that before. But I think that's what it comes down to. And I do think people that are ambitious at times, they don't think about just themselves. They think about like the bigger picture and how what they're trying to do is really going to help people, like you said, with the cancer research. Well, yeah. And if you're ambitious, you realize you need other people to pick a big audacious goal. If you took, if we lined up a hundred people that we somehow qualified them as ambitious or they self-identified as ambitious, and then if we removed everybody that was more guilty of avarice, that their ambition comes from a desire for money, you know, the wrong things mm-hmm. we just spoke of. I think you'd be left with about 15, 20 people. And to me, they'd be conceited. And they'd be conceited. Yeah. I think their shit doesn't stink yeah. in a sense. I mean, even if you're motivated by the wrong thing, ambition's good. It does, you know, make businesses work. It makes people get out of the bed and, you know, be functioning members, producing members of society. But I think a lot of people's ambition really is for the wrong motivations versus just the noble sort of, you know, I mean, that solving cancer is obviously a beautiful example, but other people I think are just naturally ambitious to challenge themselves. I consider myself that I really like challenges. And when I accomplish something, I'm looking for another challenge, um, but I'm not, well, that's that 15 or 20 people, but I'm still thinking 15 to 20% of people might be like that for ambition. The other 80%, it's, it's all messed up and it's for all the wrong reasons, even though it looks good. That's true. I can, I can agree with that. I honestly can't disagree with that. You didn't really give me an argument. Well, I think we're both, as our listeners probably are, we're scanning all the ambitious people that we can think of, maybe thinking about ourselves or listeners thinking about themselves. And This was ambitious for me. To do podcast. Uh, this podcast? Yeah. That's something I would never do. Uh, was it from a good motivation? Or do you think it was from, are you dreaming of fame? Are you hoping to be discovered as the next podcasting superstar radio talent or something? Uh, I don't know about podcasting superstar, but it's just something that I wanted to do and I did it. Yeah. So we're ambitious and it's for the right reasons. Ambition. Yeah, it's good. And maybe it leads to something else or we, we really, uh, I'd like to think again, we're, we're doing something good, almost a public service talking about some of these mental health issues. So I think we feel good about our ambition, at least in terms of this podcast. Uh, let's pick another one. I'll throw out another one or you got one. Let's see perfectionist versus organized. There's a huge difference there. Like just in those two words alone, when I think of someone who's organized, everything has a place, but like when you're a perfectionist, like you, well, what's the good quality then? What's the good quality? You're saying they're both bad. We're saying there's a good personal characteristic that can go too far. Being organized. Yes. When you, and it'll go bad into becoming a perfectionist. To me. But it, but as soon as you mention organization, you're already kind of shuddering and thinking of somebody that's really OCD-like kind of thing. Organization seems like a bad word for you. Is Do you it? feel like you're more spontaneous? It feels like organization doesn't sound good to you. It sounds good to me. I'm far from spontaneous. I, it's like to me, organized is like everything has a place, but it's not like you're saying that in a good way or not? Yeah. I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing when you're organized. Yeah. I think when you're sitting, I think if I sat there and wanted to be a perfectionist, like if I I saw like a hair out of place, I'm going to be like, Oh my God, this has to be done. No. So I think we looked at it too simple. We said organized could go 
from good to bad, it'll go to perfectionist, but I think there's more nuance there. Organized can go from organized to a little over-organized, controlling of other people. Um, You rule out all the spontaneous opportunities of life, not quite to a perfectionist level. Perfectionist is almost like a hyperbole. It's way too far, but it's that in-between area I think is more relatable probably. You just become a little controlling. Yeah, you can. Perfectionist sounds like an even greater extreme to me now. Even, yeah, like you're really on the deep end with that one. With that, yeah, when, when I say it, when, now that we're talking it out, yeah. So organized when it goes too far, it's when you start treating other people poorly because of it. It has nothing to do with motivations. The motivation's the same, even if you go up to a perfectionist, unless it really is a, you know, diagnosed OCD type of thing where it's kind of compulsive. It's organized when it goes bad you're treating people poorly around you. You are controlling, you're giving out orders, you're, you're grabby with stuff and you don't mess that up. Right. It's, it's that sort of thing. It, it manifests outwardly. It has nothing to do with your motivations, right. which is different than the last two. It was really the motivations for things. Mm. All right. How about being healthy? That sounds good. We should both be healthy. Everyone listening should be healthy. We should. When does healthy go wrong? <laughs> you're like running every day. I once worked in a gym as a personal trainer and there was girls that were twins and they came in to work out in the morning and they came in from running. I think they actually ran in. They didn't drive into the gym and then they worked out for like an hour. Then they went to work. That's not healthy. Then they came back after work. They had run again and they hung out for like two hours. They were obsessive, which is our word for health. When health goes too far, they're obsessive. I look at people that run marathons as why are you doing it? Research right now says it's not making you healthier. It takes your heart six to seven weeks to recover from it. I think it's more a psychological reason some people run marathons or they really uh, enjoy running, but it can be a form or a manifestation again, physically of obsession. Health gone too far becomes obsessive. You're rooting out every grain of salt. Um, You don't believe soda is good for you, but you'll never have soda anywhere else. And if you're at an event and they only have soda to drink, you'll put up a stink. Like it just becomes too obsessive. It just goes too far. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. I mean, probably because I've been around gyms a lot of my life, but I've seen a lot of that. uh, I don't know. I have a cousin right now. Did that noise mean you you Uh, can't relate to that? I can't really relate to that (laughs) because, you know, I'll sit here and eat like 50 cupcakes if you let me and I could really care less. So do you think all these hip and knee replacements are because people get so fat and blimp like that their joints fall apart? Maybe. Possibly. But more of it's people wearing out their bodies with all their activity they do. And a lot of it is obsessive behavior. Like they go to the gym to wear out their joints, to go get a joint replacement, to go back to the gym to keep doing it. It's it's a a revolving weird cycle. That's kind of sad. Like, yeah, that that's, you, that, that's really sad. That's the kind of thing I see a lot. It's amazing how many people get joint replacements. Like, it really is. You should offer them a cupcake. Mm-hmm. That's how, honest, all jokes aside, like, I think that's really sad, but it's kind of like, well, that's what I'm lacking. saying. You won't like, have the cupcake. You won't. Um, another I thing I did when I worked in gyms on Mondays during like football season, we would um, always take somebody from the gym for chicken wings on Monday. It would always be a female that didn't weigh 100 pounds. <laughs> really? Because I thought it was wrong. It was just wrong. Really? You got to enjoy life. Yeah, really. That's real. <laughs> that's awesome. That's an awesome story. And they love doing it. I never had anybody say no. 
Right, but did the poor thing go fun. home and like throw it up afterward? I don't know. I don't like, know. I didn't follow them in the bathroom and all like that. that. I hope not. I hope not either. I hope not. It wasn't like I was trying to break vegetarians of their principled view of uh, being vegan or something. It was just people that didn't weigh 100 pounds and they were in the gym all the time. And I thought they needed to have a little fun or loosen up in some way. And it was to have that cupcake figuratively. It was a chicken wing, but it didn't matter what it was. It hey. could have been Cupcake Tuesdays. So. Listen, chicken wing can't go wrong with chicken wings. But it sounded like you, you had a different perspective on this that you were going to share. You were saying something about a cousin or your family. I house. have a cousin who's always working out, always like every day. And she always sends a selfie to let us know that she's working out. Does your out. cousin listen to this podcast? She might. Which All right. All there's right. nothing wrong with it. I'm not going to say anything bad. But at times in my head, I'm like, oh, my God. If she gets any thinner, like she's going to disappear. I'm stuck but- on selfie. I believe that's conceded just for the record. Cousin, oh. if you're listening, <laughs> I think... I think selfies are a problem. She, but she, needs selfie, she needs selfie rehab. Needs something. <laughs> but some start, days I start by her. taking pictures of other shit, not your face. That's <laughs> that's it. That's pretty much the solution. That's her in her eyes. That's the motivation that we all need. Like when we drive a car, <laughs> one of our things that we say is we're not going to drive our car into another car. That's an accident. Just look at a selfie as an accident for yourself. It's an accident for your face. And your brain. So just take pictures of other shit would be the solution there. <laughs> so what were you saying about your cousin? But she <laughs> takes those selfies and she sends them. And some days, like I said, I'm always like, wow, like she's going to disappear. But then there's days where I look at her and I'm just like, wow, like she's really doing the damn thing. And then when she puts them side by side. Yeah. I got to break in here. Bruzo the dog, as you can hear, is again wandered in the studio. He is upset about the selfie conversation. I think he agrees is what he's trying to tell me. Yes, he agrees. He agrees. Yes, he said that is enough of that. We allow Bruzo to act as a reminder to our listeners of the unconditional love and support animals can offer in life. He is our role model. Even when he's upset about selfies, he's still our role model. All right. So why don't you introduce uh, another one? Did you have another one you wanted to share? Did we have another one? I think there's frugal versus cheap. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. So I think like the difference between someone being frugal and cheap is I think that someone's cheap when it's like when they don't want to sit there and tip. Whereas someone who's frugal, they'll just like not I don't I don't really know how to describe it. Like I know what I'm trying to say with frugal as in they just don't give out as much. Like cheap, you're just not gonna sit there and tip somebody. You don't wanna spend no type of money. Frugal, I, you're gonna like coupon. I'll be honest, I have a lot of personal experience here. Um it's a family affliction on my mom's side. I can tell you the difference of frugal and cheap with examples. Seriously? Oh, yeah. My grandfather used to go to the grocery store with my grandmother, and they would do like double coupon things, but there was a limit. So he would go in and do it, and then she would go in separately to get additional coupons, and they'd buy like the maximum number. I have been given freebies for my mom from work for holidays, like, you know, the big holidays, like Christmas, birthday. Stuff I didn't want, uh, including books that she makes a point of saying they're autographed <laughs> as if it no. makes a difference. I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening. And I had a great time doing that podcast with you, but <laughs> you can you can be on the cheap side. And yes, I know about it. And I, I haven't told her, but I know. And I know she knows and it's exposed. So it's, it's hard to be aware of these things. But frugal is great. And I also learned that from family. Frugal is good. That's being smart with money. But cheap is cheap, and I know it when I see it. Oh, and- okay. So I have it backwards. Cheap is like pretty much when you're couponing. 
See, to me, I would have been like, okay. Coupon's fine, but you can take it a little far. <laughs> could be a little obsessive. You, you can get obsessive <laughs> about your frugalness. <laughs> and there's beautiful stories of people retiring at like 40 through their cheapness, etc. But it's cheap is it's funny it's always funny to me it's always this is always a light-hearted topic to me because really who you're hurting by being cheap right you know i oh, i don't I mean. know i mean it's it comes off kind of funny <laughs> i guess people would laugh at you to your face or behind you but it, you're really not hurting anybody and when does frugalness become cheap is a tough a tough line i think this is an individual perspective your cheap is my frugal right. and vice versa so I, I gave a few examples of cheapness. There's other ones that, that come to mind. I don't, I don't want to share too many family cheap stories, but the frugal ones are cool and, and frugal is good. There's no, there should be no shame in doing frugal. So I, I think that's good. I, I can't lie. There's times I'm friggin' cheap. Like I do not yeah. want to spend money. Like I will sit there and put this, 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 and this in the cart. And then I'll sit there and be like, well, how much do I have? And I don't want to spend this. And I'll be like, I'm just going to put this back. And by the time you know it, I'll just sit there and be like, okay. I don't want anything. I'll just put it back because I'm that cheap. Some days I just don't want to spend any money. What do you think about this one? I have had goals I wanted to meet, financial goals, and I get really obsessive with some of them. Like right now we're trying to pay off a mortgage super fast, something that I would be conceited and cocky about and brag about in the worst <laughs> way. So there were times I had some financial goals, and this was a while ago, that I, I used X amount of dollars for food and – I, I had nothing for dinner. There was nothing in the cabinets. Even the most creative chef could not have conjured up something. And I had ketchup sandwiches. And I've had a lot of ketchup sandwiches. Have you had a ketchup sandwich? First no, I have not. I've had a lot of ketchup sandwiches. I had mayo do you, sandwiches. Do you think that was cheap of me? Or was that being frugal? <laughs> you were kind of being cheap. Do you like bread? I do. Do you like ketchup? I do. It's a ketchup sandwich. <laughs> What's not to like? Man, that honestly stack that's cheap <laughs> that's cheap i think it is too but i don't regret it <laughs> when it comes to food don't be cheap i have the affliction <laughs> i need to go to the doctor that was awesome all right so we have, we have one more trait we want to talk about and this is positive thinking how could positive thinking possibly go wrong and there's only one example i can think of that best illustrates this mr anthony robbins and his book, Unlimited Power, among his other 2,000 books <laughs> and his personal seminar programs and whatever the hell else he does. Um, so here's a little bit from Unlimited Power from Anthony Robbins. And think of positive thinking gone wrong. The next time you see someone who is extremely successful, someone you admire and respect, copy gestures. Feel the difference. Enjoy the change in thought patterns. Play. Experiencing it. New choices await you. It sounds so easy, doesn't it? It's just magic. Just copy what you see and you'll become rich. And that's the undercurrent of this whole book. And that's probably why I bought it when I was uh, cocky and conceited in my early 20s. I, I think I was a little older when I got this. I probably wanted to be rich and I figured he could show me the way to unlimited power. Yeah. Here's another section. And this is in the chapter called The Fuel of Excellence. If you look at that person and like what you see, then everything I'm offering you is easily within your grasp. It takes only a little discipline, not too much, because once you break your old habits, you'll never go back. For every disciplined effort, there is a multiple reward. Z stuff is falling over. So if you like what you see, do it. Start today and it will change your life forever. This is, and I do have one more section I'm going to read because it's fabulous. I could read from this all day and this would be a podcast <laughs> in itself. It's everybody. hilarious. 
This is like I see LeBron James playing basketball on TV, and I can do it. I see a rapper, and I'm going to be a rapper. Anyone can do anything. Like, there's no work ethic. There's no practice. There's no anything behind it. It's easy. Here's the last part. This is from, and even the title of the chapter is important to mention, the power of perspective. Even perspective has okay. power. We all know people who are reverse reframers. So he's, he's inventing his own lexicon to take simple-minded concepts and to make them into something glorious to give you unlimited power. And you got a book. No matter how bright, oh, best-selling book, national bestseller. Damn. Um, no matter how bright the silver lining, they can always find a dark cloud. But for every disabling attitude, for every counterproductive behavior, there's an effective reframe. It's positive thinking, for God's sakes. That's all he's talking about. There's people that are always negative and then people that can be positive. You don't like something, change it. You're behaving in a way that doesn't support you, do something else. There's a way to not just produce effective behaviors, but make sure they're available when we need them. It goes on and on, and I, I couldn't give enough examples of platitudes, meaningless statements within that book. It's motivational, so it has a place, but it's positive thinking gone a little too far, Pollyannish, it makes false promises, it makes it unrealistic, and frankly, it's shortcuts. It's positive thinking that defies reality, and it just advocates a ton of shortcuts in life. No work ethic, no practice, no hard work. It just it just comes to you if you will it. And if you wish it hard enough and close your eyes tight enough and, and want it, you'll have it. Stack, I'm going to become a unicorn. Because of this? Yes. <laughs> I could tell you were being affected by this. Now, even I'm though I just moved. read that, I, I too feel a little positive right now. What are you going to do? I'm going to become a zebra. Oh, my God. I'm black. I'm white. Everyone will pick on me. It'll Look be fantastic. And not only that, I'm going to be a zebra, zebra with armor that no matter what anyone does to me, it doesn't affect me. So I'm going to be an armored zebra. So I will be an immortal armored zebra. How about Holy that? Holy shit. I'm a yeah. unicorn and you're an immortal zebra. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. I like that book. I, I do feel a little positive after that, I have I to do. say. So, but what a bunch of gibberish, I got to say. I, it's almost dangerous. I mean, like, if you're a young person reading that, it's... You can take it too far. It, it's avarice. It, it, it makes you the avarice person. Mm -hmm. um, the just chasing money and all that kind of thing. So that yeah, that got me fired up. It did. If anyone listened to our last podcast, I just want to say f it right now. I mean, it just that's what it Go makes for me. It. it makes me that upset. But it's um, it's not that bad. It's just positive thinking. I, I don't want to lose my ability to have civil discourse with you being a unicorn. Right. I, I don't want to start you off. I in want life. rainbows and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's all, yeah. I'm picturing you with the big thing. Are you? <laughs> kind of. Does it work for me? It's kind of alarming in some ways. Oh, though. okay. Well, then I got to figure something no, uni out. No, unicorns are supposed to be all cute and fly around. So. Okay. okay. Anyway, so positive thinking had quite an effect on us. It did. Yeah. That made me angry and positive it, and happy at the, at the same, same time. time. Yeah. yeah, same time. Yeah. yeah. Man, that, that was a <laughs> difficult one. So positive thinking gone bad. There's nothing more I can say about that than what Anthony Robbins did. And if anyone questioned me, I'd just read more from the book. And they would have their answer. Yeah, that, that was just ridiculous. Well, uh, Bruzo the dog has appeared twice um, in this episode and the last one. That's really good. And I think uh, we covered a good topic for people when good characteristics go wrong. So anyone that was really high in themselves, we're even picking on what you think is good about yourself, that you may be going down the wrong path. Right. We will try to be more motivational, like Mr. Anthony Robbins, and positive in future episodes. You've been listening to the Between the Years podcast. Have a future topic idea or just want to interact with us? Tweet us at between underscore cast. Thanks for listening.